Get ready. Three, two, one, zero. You are listening to the Fantasy Joe's Podcast. Fantasy Joe's Podcast. Your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on dynasty. And now, here are your hosts, Ryan Livergood, Trey Barrett, and Will Greenwood. We are the Fantasy Joes. Uh, we're coming at you live Monday Night Football. Obviously not live because you're listening to this and it's not Monday Night Football. But it's live, according to us. I'm Ryan Lillard, joining me this evening. We've got Trey Barrett and Will Greenwood. Gentlemen, Fantasy Playoffs, baby. Semifinals, how's it going? How's it going, Will? Playoffs? Uh, I got two, I'll have two teams left. Uh, after night going to the championship. So I, I like it. I had, had five in the semifinals and I'll have two in the finals. So you win some, you lose some. And some weeks you go up against Kareem Hunt, Alan Kamara, and Mark Ingram on the same team. You can't, you can't beat that team. It's not really – well, unless O.J. Howard uh, comes back into the game tonight and puts up like 20 more points. Disappointed. Um, Trey. <laughs> Oh, is, oh like, come on. You guys know it's a fish called Wanda reference. Come on. Well, well I'll, I'll find the audio and I'll put it in the show. Don't worry. Right there we go. here. Okay. Okay. Disappointed. There we go. Hey, Disappointed. <laughs> Disappointed. So, so Trey, um, uh, a couple of angels on the end of this evening. That's me. Um, uh, Trey is like the the fantasy Joe's. Um, he, he's like our. He's carrying the mantle. Like I might be in three finals if tonight goes keeps going the way it is. But Trey, you're 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 uh, kicking butt, taking names, right? Yeah, you know, I've got some. I've got some decent teams that I put together, and it's kind of nice. I have uh, all of my uh, playoff matchups are wrapped up. Um, not having to worry about tonight's game, just able to appreciate it as a pure football fan. Kind of excited to see Jameis Winston looking good. I mean, you know, I think that shoulder getting healthy, he's, uh, he's looking like a pretty decent quarterback tonight. So pretty happy to see that. I feel, I feel like uh, watching Devontae Freeman run, too, he'd be one of the reasons if, if like, I had to play one NFL snap and the, the player was running at me, I would just pretend to miss them on purpose. <laughs> you know, like, like, oh, no, shoot, they, they zigged and I zagged. Like, oh, darn. Like, it just looks, it looks really painful to try to tackle that, man. It, it does. It does. Uh, so, guys, let, let's talk about um, – let's get into our Fantasy Joe's Moments of the Week. And we're naming the moment of the week after Mr. Todd Gurley, um, our Todd Gurley moment of the week, the guy that, you know – Maybe, um, what, a year ago was left for dead in Dynasty. Like, this guy can't play. But it turns out he can play really well. So, Trey Barrett, what's your Todd Gurley moment of the week? Well, I kind of alluded to the fact that, um, you know, semifinal week, Todd Gurley moment of the week was that uh, I have four teams that I've kind of considered contenders. Well, actually, there were five. I had five teams that I felt were really contenders. Four of them earned a first-round bye. So last week was really nice. I didn't have to worry. I didn't have to fret about my playoff matchups. And then this week, um, really, there was only one matchup that came down to Sunday night football. So all four, I, I did 
lose one matchup. Um, I'll get to that on my letdown of the week. But it, it was just super nice after the afternoon games. All, three of the four of my um, matchups were locked up. The you know point, teams just put it on, and so I'm super excited, headed for some championships. And uh, well, a championship matchups at least. It's it's uh, you know it's only the big boys left in the in the playoffs right now. So headed for some Super Bowls. Nice. Will Greenwood, what about you? What, what's your uh, Todd Gurley moment of the week? I was just trying to think of it because there. I mean, my playoffs were like a great success, and, and uh, outside of that, and despite, I'm just going to pretend like. His last week play or two weeks ago play didn't happen where, you know, he, he jumped on some dude and gave a concussion. That was horrible. But I think, I think Gronk might be my favorite player to watch. Is uh, like, he's so emphatic. He doesn't, I mean, I don't know. He kind of looks like just a little, like a big little kid still playing football and just gets so excited about everything. And he had a good game and he's, he's on my, you know, one of my best teams. But uh, I, I don't know if I, uh, in between the Steelers and Patriots, who I'd actually root for. Uh, of who to win a Super Bowl one over the other because I don't really like either team at all. So, anyway, my highlight of the week was just kind of watching Gronk just go full ham and down the, the Steelers all day. Yeah, I love watching Gronk. I, I don't know if loyal listeners know this, but the, obviously I'm a Bears fan. I live in Chicago, but I lived for five years in the Boston area. So, I've adopted the New England Patriots as my favorite AFC team because I met so many people that love the Patriots. <laughs> and when you live in New England, you know, it's, it's hard – not to cheer for the Pats, man. And I know that like everyone hates the Pats, but um, they're they're kind of my team um, in the AFC. But but my Todd Gurley moment of the week, Kareem freaking Hunt, everybody. Um, you know he he's a guy that kept, that's keeping me in a semifinal matchup, which it looks like I, I will probably pull out and be playing in that Super Bowl of a, my keeper league. Um, if all goes according to plan, knock on wood. He has led me to a no name league toilet bowl. Um, everybody. So, um, but Cream Hunt, you know, I think we should change his name because I think he should be Cream Hines because, you know, guys, Hunt's ketchup, not very good. I don't like Hunt's tomato sauce, but Hines, that's where it's at. He shouldn't be number 27. He should be number 57. I'm going to start calling him Cream Hines, guys. What do you think of that? Sounds great. I like it. Who doesn't love their their? Uh, I also think that's why Alvin Kamara should change his number to forty-seven. Uh, I'm all in on that one. We have to petition these guys. Like, is it the players? Is it the teams? Who do we need to um, petition to get these changes made? Trey, do you know? Can we find out? I don't know, but I say we jump on Twitter and uh, hit them both up. There we go. Hey guys, Kareem Hines, number four, the fantasy Jones. I'm sure that'll happen. I'm sure they'll be like, whoa, I never thought of these cool things before. You guys are so smart. (laughs) You three guys on your podcast out there doing your things. Golly gee, guys. We love we love fantasy football. We'll do it for you. Maybe the whole full Minnesota make, oh geez, I didn't even know, you know? It's just well crazy. I'll get that, I'll get that changed right away, you know. Oh, well, if they, do, if they don't change it, it's going to be a letdown. And speaking of letdowns, how about our, our Doug Baldwin letdown of the week, Trey? <laughs> well, pretty simple. <laughs> pretty simple for me. The aforementioned, I, I had a team uh, put up 162 points this week in a playoff matchup and lost. 
And uh, special thanks to the aforementioned Doug Baldwin. It's a full PPR league. I lost by single digits, and he put up a, a whopping 1.6 point for me. I mean, he could have had three more catches for 25 yards, and uh, I'm in five championships instead of four. So I, that really killed me, especially considering it's a super flex league, and uh, the team I was playing only started one quarterback. So it was even like a you know bigger gut punch. But I was facing – uh, Lev Bell, Shady McCoy, and uh, Kareem Hunt. So he, the guy had a running back gauntlet. So thanks, Doug. Hey, in Doug's Doug. defense, I'm pretty sure he he outplayed his teammate Jimmy Graham, okay? So lay off. Lay off. <laughs> hey, Will, what about you? Um, uh, Doug Baldwin uh, let down of the week. Oh, it was the fact that Philip Rivers scored less points than the amount of kids he has. <laughs> i think i should just end it at that like i don't know yeah yeah there's just a team that i had where it's it's a ppr team it's my first auction of the year it's a redraft not not dynasty and uh it's just been it's been my turd bucket of the year and i've been getting by on waiver wire ads i squeaked in the playoffs and i won and i actually didn't put up a bad week and in, in all honesty uh, Philip Rivers basically cost me that. I didn't really deserve to be there, so I can't. And again, like I don't try to ever get too upset about losing in fantasy football because the most fantasy thing that can happen is that you'll lose in fantasy football for some you know unknown reason. You'll get that win back someday, but it might not matter. It might. But anyway, uh, yeah, man, Philly Crimea Rivers. Yeah, that's that's uh, he was disappointing. That's for sure. Um. I think my Doug Baldwin letdown of the week is, and I had, you know, it looks like I'm going to pull out my matchup so I can name a couple of guys that kind of let me down, but I'm going to go with that. The NFL's lame catch rule. Um, so I was watching the end of that Steelers Pats game and, you know, I saw that Jesse James touchdown for a second and I thought, Oh wow. That kind of stinks. Cause I'm a guy I'm going against has, has big Ben. That's going to hurt me. And so my, my, my wife's getting my kids in the tub and getting them to bed. So I go upstairs and I come back and all of a sudden I see the play where New England intercepts the ball. And I'm like, what happened? That was, that's weird. And since then I saw the replay and I realized that was the right call to overturn that catch. But that rule is so lame, guys. It's just no one understands it. Tony Romo listened to the replay, didn't really understand it. And he thought, oh, I can't believe this is happening or whatever. I, I just – the the NFL has to do something about the catch rule because it's just so dumb. It has to. I don't know what you do. I mean, maybe it's just you catch it two feet down and that's it, and then you cross the plane and that's a touchdown in that in that instance. I I don't know. I I, I just hate it. I hate the catch rule. It it makes the game worse. Man, just just a big letdown. Just just so dumb. I think it's on the pass catchers. Why don't they just actually catch the ball? <laughs> so you're defending it okay good good no i mean, I mean like, uh, yeah it's such a mess especially because that ball moves so little and just as like yeah i mean and it's never it's often what everybody's saying on tv the opposite happens as you're watching your fantasy score and then tick back off or something happens and it's totally fantasy football related because between those two teams i hope they both could take a loss in that game so <laughs> yeah, a lot of people are that way, I think. What do you think Tony Romo would have thought about the piece of paper used in that first down ruling? I just actually <laughs> saw that replay. I went and watched it because it wasn't on, like, Red Zone, and I, and I heard about it. And honestly, like, that was horrible. 
the the paper was like folding in half and it was sticking out on both edges and then it touched the football. What a weird thing. It, anyway. Yeah, that, that was that was probably worse. I guess I could have had that be my letdown of the week. <laughs> it was just so weird. And he's got a big grin on his face. He probably had money on the the Cowboys, you know, like mm. Mm-mm-mm. They got a lot of grins. Um, uh, although he's not going to be grinning when he doesn't get any jobs for uh, you know the postseason in the NFL because because he didn't do a very good job. Well, he's usually he's usually a stalwart. I feel yeah, like in the, in the playoffs and things like that. I think that might have ruined it for him. Anyway, yeah, I don't know his name. Um, uh, I just want to say Bill Barnwell for ESPN. He wrote this article today or it came out Monday. If you're listening to this um, later in the week, three options to fix NFL's catch rule, and one of them he talked about this committee of you know wide receivers and and, uh defensive backs and and them like looking at it and kind of being the common sense rule um which maybe is a little far-fetched but the nfl could do something because right now you know i I think (laughs) you know you have a bad rule if you're watching with someone that doesn't watch the game and they think it's a catch and and it's they rule it's not a catch that's a problem you know it's just a problem so hopefully the nfl can fix that um, I don't know if I'm going to trust a bunch of players with CTE to make a decision <laughs> about a replay. I've always thought some of the rules, oh like I, I, I've always thought the rule that, like if a guy if a guy comes yeah. down with the football in the, in the end zone and gets both feet in multiple times and then falls out the back of the end zone and hits the ground and the ball moves, that it's not considered a catch. Like, you know, just the, the, there's a there's a lot of rules in the NFL. I think that could stand for some uh, improving yeah the end zone and out of it too because once they complete the catch it's over the play is done like their falling is no longer an action of the time like the clock is stopped when they make that when the you know when the catch says yes this is a caught ball you know then like what we whatever would happen like if they ran into somebody on the sidelines and drop ball it doesn't matter but uh yeah the another thing i don't know if you guys saw it but there was there was a mike thomas his I think I think second touchdown catch that got overturned in that game, his right heel came down, uh, or his left heel on the, on the two foot rule, and his heel came down before his toe, and then his toe went out of bounds. But if you freeze framed it, technically he had two feet in bounds before he had two feet out of bounds. So is it a complete foot or is it toe or what's the rule? Because I guess the heel doesn't count now because the heel came down and the toe touched out of bounds, and then the Panthers game. Uh, one butt cheek counted as inbounds before the other <laughs> cheek came down. So he, so heel does not count as much as a cheek. They need to start uh, labeling body parts and what they count towards catches uh, more specifically so that we can understand the rules of the game. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a little crazy. It is crazy. It is crazy. Are you guys ready to get into uh, segment number two? Yeah, let's do it. Which is... Fantasy Joe's unfiltered. Once again, unfiltered. you know, we, we've got a busy week this week. Usually we record the shows on Wednesday night, but I, I've got a, a work obligation tomorrow. And I think Wednesday, maybe it's Will's got a work obligation. The Thursday Trey's got a work obligation or something like that. We're busy this week. We're busy guys. Okay. We're just fantasy Joe's. We just, we, we, we love this hobby, but we, we got, you know, we got families to feed, right? We, we, we got bills to pay. So, we're just going to have yeah, an off the cuff conversation <laughs> and we're going to talk about dynasty football as we usually do. So I don't know where this is going to lead us. Um, but, but one thing I'll, I'll just throw out there guys, just to get the conversation going, we're watching a game with Julio Jones and we have a lot of friends and leagues that 
really needed a big night from Julio Jones to advance in the semifinals. And it's, it's, you know, there's the fourth quarter just started. He could still blow up this fourth quarter. It's possible, but it doesn't look like he's going to get it done for a lot of people that needed big games from him. So what do you, how do you guys value Julio Jones moving forward after this year? I also think it should be known to, to the fans, the intensity. I just turned my hat from forwards to backwards and covered up my eyebrows for the intensity of this, of this, <laughs> this chat about the future values of players. It's getting so, real. Yeah. Th- wow. Thinking about like Julio and things like this, I brought up uh, player profilers, PPR rankings, dynasty. So, and, and this is kind of where I'm going to start with. You guys taking Adam Thielen or Julio Jones? Yeah, you. I mean, I'm still, I'm sticking with Julio. I think for sure, you know, value. You've got to go Julio. I mean, I mean, what would I rather want Thielen on some of my teams? Maybe, but I'm going to take Julio because he's worth more. And he's Thielen's not scoring this year. Yeah, well, there, there's no doubt about that. But I am not a hundred percent convinced. I, I think a lot of that, and don't get me wrong, I think Thielen has some long-term value. Um, but I think that that is quarterback related. I've seen quite a few plays when I've been watching the Viking Vikings, either watching their games or on red zone where, you know, at the top of the screen, I see, you know, Stefan Diggs on an in-breaking slant wide open and uh, Keenum never even looks that way. He just goes straight to Thielen. So I'm not taking anything away from Adam Thielen. I just, if, if Keenum continues to be the quarterback there, I think that Thielen continues to, perform but i just think value wise you know if, if i'm on the clock i'm probably n- taking neither of them honestly i mean julio is a guy that would really have to fall to me um but over i'd take i'd take julio over thielen right now how about tyreek hill <sighs> that's tougher I, i'd probably take hill to be honest with you because i feel like they're the same player they're, they're boom bust but I feel like Tyreek Hill's booming more than Julio is. So for me, plus with Tyreek, I think you're getting a little bit younger. Um, it's, he's five years younger. Yeah. No, I mean a little bit younger than Thielen. Like Thielen's only getting a year younger. Yeah. yeah. But so I think, I think Hill would be harder for me. Um, I, I still would probably, again, you're talking about a guy, like I just, you know, looking at the December ADP, you know, you're talking about a guy, Julio, is going eighth overall still, and uh, Tyreek Hill's going 29th overall. So you're talking about a guy who's almost two full, two full rounds later. So, like, if I were on the clock, um, it would be hard for me to take Tyreek over Julio, but I, I would, you know, probably rather have Tyreek on my team. What's your guess on Julio's draft position come, uh, let's say, June? I think he'll still be a first rounder all off season. In dynasty so. startups, yeah, yeah. Are you are you taking you have the one one eleven? He's there. No, because to be honest with you, I like right now the like Keenan Allen for me. I would take Keenan Allen over Julio Jones, and it wouldn't be a difficult decision for me right now. Keenan Allen is the one dot one one twelve. Um, Amari Cooper is the one fourteen. I think I'd probably still uh that's tough but i think i'd still probably take cooper likely over um julio just because of the cooper's 23 Uh, yeah it pains me to say it but i would take keenan allen over julio jones too believe it or not 
the trades. Oh, crazy day, crazy day. Sell Keenan Allen. Sell Keenan Allen. He's been unbelievable. But now that I've said I would take him, he's going to tank. So if you've got him, you might want to trade him. No, I he's got. I got. I need one. I need one more week out of Keenan Allen, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Philip less points. Philip less points than Baby's Rivers will <laughs> somehow get him injured this week. Oh, like he'll run into him or something. Oh my goodness. And not, not nothing. Too, nothing. Nothing too bad. Like a, like a. Uh, you know, maybe like like it's a twisted ankle, not, not a sprain, but one that makes you breathe in a, a couple deep breaths for him. I tell uh, you what. While you're talking about with Julio, you mentioned Adam Thielen. You know, these two guys are super interesting to me. I think they're both being just kind of still undervalued based on the December ADP. Jarvis Landry and Adam Thielen, who are both uh, top 10 wide receivers. And I believe they're probably top 10 no matter your scoring format, be it standard, half point, or full point PPR. Um, they're going back-to-back at 31 and 32 in the uh, – December ADP. What do you guys think about those two guys? Do you think they're both too low? Who do you like better? Um, what are, What are your thoughts there? I I, I can start. The I, I think they're big, maybe a little bit too low. I just don't understand what people's issue are issue is with Landry anymore. Like, what else does Landry have to do to make you like him? Uh, he why is why is he falling so far down? He's young. He has a lot of catches. I get that his yards per catch are down. Uh, but it, that's, I don't know if that's really a stat that matters to him so much overall, especially if you're playing like full PPR dynasty league. I, I, I mean, I kind of wish that uh, we still had, the trade deadline hadn't passed and we we're having these conversations. And I think in the off season, at least I'm going to be trying, trying to acquire a lot of Jarvis Landry and hopefully he switches. I mean, especially if he switches teams to like Falcons or something like that, I would just eat, eat up all the Jarvis Landry I can. And I'm a big Thielen fan uh, by far, but, but, but deciding between those two on the clock, uh, I, in all honesty, I would just be a homer and I'd be kind of like the nerd and I would just take Thielen because Minnesota. Yeah, I like both those guys a lot and probably they are going, um, you know, too late in startups. I think that with Jarvis Landry, I think his value is impacted by that question mark. I don't think we like question marks in, in Dynasty football. I think we like the the known quantities. And I think the fact that he's kind of been undervalued all this time and the fact we don't know what's going to happen with him. It, that's what hurts his value in, in my opinion, but he's definitely a guy that if you can acquire him cheap and maybe you can't, cause he's been so good. And maybe the Landry owner thinks this guy's scoring a lot of touchdowns. I don't want to give him up for cheap, uh, but yeah, he could certainly, you know, spike up in value if, if, if he goes to the right situation. Um, yeah. I, I really like those guys a lot, but it's interesting to look at the who's around them. And, and, you know, it's interesting to look at guys, like uh, I know it's not the same position, but like Jordan Howard at 34 uh, overall, it's like, I, I mean, I'm a bears fan. Right. And and I like Jordan Howard, but Oh man, I, I don't know. I mean, ugh. I guess every time I give up on him, he has a huge week and I, I but I don't know. Like I couldn't, I mean, I don't think he's even close to those guys personally in terms of how I value them. Yeah, I would agree. I would, for for me, it wouldn't even be close. I'd take Landry over Thielen, and and part of that is the um, production that he's had every single year he's been in the league. Um, the only downside to Landry has been that he doesn't score many touchdowns. Well, this year he's really starting to uh, to score the touchdowns. I think he has eight so far in the season. So you know, I um, it'll be interesting to see if he stays in Miami. But I think either way, you're getting he's a 25 year old. 
he's shown an elite ability to produce at the NFL level. Um, and he's never really played for uh, an incredible quarterback. I mean, it's been Tannehill and uh, Cutler, Matt Moore. I mean, he, <laughs> you know, he's so lightly. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I, you do, you talk about, I mean, there are so many opportunities, so many teams that need wide receivers that come to mind there that could be an upgrade for him. I mean, from uh, San Francisco to even LA, um, the Rams, they could be looking for wide receivers. I don't know that what they bring Watkins back. Chicago is a great place where he could, you could be groomed to, to play there with Trubisky and, and that up and coming team. Cleveland. There's just all these teams that <laughs> don't strike you as being, uh, you know, necessarily a great landing spot for him. But if you consider where he's been and the quarterback play that he's um, been dealing with in Miami, I don't think there's many situations that would be a huge downgrade for him. Whereas there's several situations. I mean, what if a team like uh, New Orleans decide they want to go all in and try and win a title with the defense they have now? What if they decided to put uh, Jarvis Landry in the slot with Michael Thomas. I mean, there or Atlanta. You know, you mentioned Atlanta. I mean, that'd be it'd just be. There's some ridiculous. Oh my God! Opportunities for him. And so. he's gonna get paid too. I mean, he's gonna whoever like ends up with Landry, they're gonna pay a lot of money and they're gonna use him. You know, you're not gonna pay Jarvis Landry to come to your team and, and just like not use him. So yeah, I think I think the future is bright, and I really want to acquire him now. Um, and I think that I don't know. I think we might be surprised, guys. I think there may be a lot of a lot of people that want to you know, target Jarvis Landry, but maybe not because he's always been disrespected, right? What if he goes to like the Giants and is just another slot receiver for the Giants? That I mean, that would be a very weird NFL thing to happen. Yeah, I mean, he has he has eight touchdown catches. You guys any any quick guess if you hadn't looked it up? What is how many touchdowns he had receiving before that total? I actually just heard someone talking about it on a podcast in the – it might have been yesterday. So I cannot uh, – I won't so Ryan, spoil it. Go. Ryan, do you have a guess? Uh, I think it's like five is my guess. It's 13, 13 total over three years. Oh, total. I'm sorry. Eight. I thought you meant like what was his highest year before this year. I, I apologize. I was distracted. Oh, it was five though. So you Fun got that right. It's getting me to a championship game. I was excited. I'm sorry. Uh, we're sitting here – being pros, and you're sitting there being a Joe. Joe is charged. <laughs> Classic Joe. That's why. But that's why we're here. So what was it? He's at 13 in, in um, how many seasons? His first three years, he had 13. This year, he has eight. And if he has four, 14 catches over his next two games, his first four years, he has 400 catches. Mm. Unbelievable. Yeah, that's pretty, including playoffs. That's pretty impressive. I mean, it's the Dolphins. No, you never include the house. You know, there's another guy that I think is interesting to look at. We'll, 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 you know, segue here. That was a wonderful segue, Trey. Great job. Um, that was a pro segue right there. So, <clears throat> Robert Woods, wide receiver for the LA Rams, playing in the league's best and most fun offense. So, I want you guys to consider Robert Woods is – 25 years old he currently despite missing three games is the wide receiver 32 in half ppr with three full games missed where would you picture a 25 year old wide receiver that's had the production that he's had this year might be ranked 
in uh, ADP, startup ADP. I don't I bet, think I bet he's going like WR twenty nine thirty. Oh, I, I think it's later than that. I, I mean, I'll take the if you're going twenty nine thirty, I'll go wide receiver uh, thirty seven thirty eight. I'm gonna have to look because I don't know where he's going among wide receivers. <laughs> no. Whoa, hold on. We've been talking yeah. overall. Oh, overall, overall. Okay. We were talking okay. overall ADP on the last people we talked about. So you guys better oh, oh sorry. Changing lanes. Sorry. Changing lane. no, but I did just look it up. And, and, I'm, and I'm still scrolling. He's currently wide, re, wide receiver 47. 92nd overall. I mean, if that's not a screaming value, he's, I mean, he's currently wide receiver 32. So he's already 15 spots ahead of that. He'd missed three full games. He's playing in an incredible offense. I just don't, that blows my mind at 92 overall. That just screams value. And again, he's, he's 25 years old coming into his own. Yeah. You take well, in a, uh, you take in Jameson Crowder or, Yes. Um, oh, or, or Robert Woods. Yeah, Robert, it's just funny because he, he uh, wasn't on the screen I was looking at, so I forgot his name for uh, a second. I, was I, I guess I'll take I'll take Crowder, and I'll tell you why. I think with Robert Woods, the the thing with him is, look at the situation with the Rams. You've got Cooper Cup, who I think is this you know kind of the wide receiver two of the future there, and Sammy wants to stay there. There is this great article that Nick Whalen posted, uh, friend of the show, Nick Whalen. Um, about Washington <laughs> in situation, and it was really interesting about how he's changed and how he's still learning that offense. And he'll be in the huddle and he'll ask um, Jared Goff, like, "Okay, like Goff will look at him and say, um, you know, do you know the play here?" And he'll be like, "Honestly, I don't know." And he'll like, you know, teach him in the huddle the play. So once Sammy Watkins understands that offense, and um, you know, he he's just a stud. I think he's going to go back to Los Angeles. Um, I think that makes Robert Woods the wide receiver three there. So. Um, I, I don't know that he's a screaming buy. I, I think that um, yeah, I would I would like him. I would I wouldn't mind owning him, but but I think I'd take Crowder. Um, I think Crowder has a better future in Washington. I, I know there are a lot of question marks, but I think he's uh, an interesting player. So that's my opinion, Trey. I can see you disagree. I think. Well, I, yeah, you know, honestly, because for me, I don't see any reason that they won't keep him there, and I think. Again, if you're paying, I don't know what to think of Crowder. And to be completely honest with you, I don't expect Kirk Cousin to be back in Washington. I have no idea what is even going to happen with that team. Their receiving options are um, just out of, I mean, Jordan Reed, like who knows? It's a mystery. His football. So there's just so many factors. I would be blown away if Robert Woods left. And he's been the wide receiver one there this year. I mean, Cooper Cubs. Um, performances really didn't start kicking up until Woods was out. And then Woods came back this week and um, was targeted pretty heavily, scored a touchdown in a game that they just ran away with. It was a Todd Gurley show. So I think Robert Woods could truly, I mean, I do, if Sammy Watkins stays there, it could um, limit Woods ceiling. Uh, But again, I mean, when you're getting him almost the 50th at his position, I mean, you know, he could continue to perform. He could even take a step back and just be a flex option for you. But, you know, getting a 25-year-old wide receiver with, the again, the ceiling of 
maybe a you know top twenty wide receiver. So Robert Woods or uh, Golden Tate? <laughs> take him. I think I'll I'll go on a limb and say Golden Tate. I think I would do the same, even though Golden Tate's got a few more few years on him. That's a that's a little bigger jump than I'm willing. Although I'll tell you, like just two spots behind him at wide receiver, Kelvin Benjamin or Robert Woods. I I honestly think I would take. There's a few guys in that section. Right before him, uh, Jordy Nelson is still going at wide receiver 31. I think I'd take Robert Woods over either of those guys. And, and the reason my, my question comes from is uh, while we were talking, I just pulled up the, the player profiler dynasty PPR ranks. And that's, I think, because I, I love player profiler for the reason that they bring up to why they rate players the way they are. But I also think they post some very, very interesting dynasty rankings that are more controversial than what you'll find most other places. And that's where, like, so they have uh, – uh, Robert Woods at 34 and Golden Tate at 38. So to me, that's like, that's like uh, I would rather take the next three years of Golden Tate's production versus Robert Woods' career, you know? Because Golden Tate is a PPR wide receiver, has it very easily within his, his capability to be a WR1 for the next three years. Hey, Trey, I, I love the take, though. I mean, I love that's a great observation, and I totally think he's a value, but I don't think he's like a for sure you're going you're gonna to get him and he's going to, you know, you're going to reap the rewards from that. Um, I've got a question for you guys, a guy I've been thinking about a lot, and that's Willie Sneed. He's kind of a guy that several people were excited about. We thought he was going to have a good year. Um, then he had that suspension coming off an injury, and he's done nothing this year, absolutely nothing. So what do you guys think of Willie Sneed? I don't know where he is with ADP. I'm going to look it up while you guys discuss him. but Because uh, I've got him on a roster, and I'm not sure what to do with him. I mean, is he, is he droppable? Probably not, but... I don't know. What do you guys think of Willie Sneed? Well, what do you think? Uh, so my, my first thing is, remember when we took him in like the, the fifth round in our shared league this, this preseason? Uh, it's just for like a fun Joe moment for everybody to uh, enjoy with us as, as we took Willie Sneed and thought it was such a great value. It was like maybe the sixth, maybe the seventh, somewhere around there. Anyway, it doesn't matter because it was a terrible pick <laughs> because he's been horrible this year. Uh, and you saw, you saw a flash from him in the last game. I, I mean, I guess if I own Willie Sneed, I am for sure holding him at least for one more year because if he comes back into the good graces and can re-sign like a one-year deal with, with the Saints as they're trying to push it, if he just kind of like proves himself a little bit, like what if he does some big things in the postseason? At this point in time, you've invested, you've already taken the hits. You've, you've, you've gotten the worst part. You've, you've withstood the worst part you'll ever have to withstand with Willie Sneed because after this, if he does this again, you'll just drop him. So you don't have to withstand him again. Uh so that's, in my opinion, he's just a really, like, super nice hold on your team. By super nice, I mean, like, uh, to me, I mean to say it's, I'm not going to lose sleep over whether or not decide to drop in him because, to me, it's a clear hold. All right. Trey, what do you think of Willie Sneed? I think that this – I may very well disagree. Um, you know, this is a guy who is only on a one-year contract with the New Orleans Saints, and – I think that the fact that right now Brandon Coleman, despite fumbling 16 times in the game yesterday, I think it was, was 17 still, point of order. Was still, uh, I think he just fumbled again, actually. Still, the tally is yeah, just, uh, football just landed in my hand, guys. Uh, oh, yeah. hey, Brandon, what's going on, buddy? I didn't know you were in Chicago today. I mean, so I, I just I get a little bit nervous that, you know, I know that the suspension was there early on, um, but I just don't know. There's zero draft capital invested by the Saints. 
I don't know that they have a lot of incentive to bring him back. There's going to be a lot of free agent wide receivers this year. And, and you know, obviously some of those guys are, are higher end. So I, I just don't, and I mean, really, honestly, right now, between Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara, their wide receiver too, there's not a huge need. I, I don't know that the Saints bring him back. So to be honest with you, Ryan, for me, depending on the depth of the league, I'd be super interested to see, like, I would take it. I'd rather have a guy like Keelan Cole on my uh, roster, my dynasty roster, than Willie Sneed. Um, there's some other guys, you know, like a Mac Hollins, uh, maybe a Demarcus Robinson out in Kansas City. You know, there's there's a few guys that I've seen pretty consistently on um, waiver wires that I would probably rather have than Willie Sneed at this point. So I'll ask you guys, Tyler Lockett or Willie Sneed? Lockett. I'd, probably, I'd probably go Lockett. But I also think for Sneed, though, I, I mean, it, it not to like, like, like harp on the point, but he had two really great years of production in the past two years. And the issue has been a really off year. And I get that if they don't resign him, like he's probably easily droppable. Uh, I would just hold on to him in the, in the hope that the Saints are signing him for cheap and he takes a, like a, a kind of more improvement deal or something that he can get back into the offensive system. Uh, he was just out for a lot of what they were doing and now their team has changed. And if Breeze comes back and they try to do it one more year, that's kind of what – that's the only reason they'll hold. Like I'm not – man, I, it's just that, – that's why he's an easy hold to me. In, in a draft uh, – I mean, what are you going to take him in, like, the, the 12th round or something? <laughs> in the startup draft? Like, you're going to wait until there's maybe a pick between him and somebody. I don't even know. The 12th, man. Uh, but, yeah. And Lock, I feel like Lockett's upside at this point is so much higher than Willie Steens. Yeah, so he's um, ADP. He is uh, the wide receiver 62. So, guys that go before him, I think this is interesting. So, I'll just quickly go through this. Like, Chris Godwin. Curtis Samuel, Julian Edelman, Tyler Lockett. Then you got Willie Sneed, guys right after him, Mohamed Sanu, uh, Tyrell Williams, John Brown, Deshaun Jackson, Terrell Pryor. So that's kind of where he lives right now. Um, Man, think about the disappointment of Tyrell Williams this year. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Who would you rather have, Tyrell Williams or Willie Sneed, Will? I guess I'd, I'd take Tyrell Williams just for the side speed uh, prototype versus the – smaller, slower prototype that was on the Drupal's offense. That is, would be the only thing I'd be going on basically at this point. And then maybe Tyrell Williams gets to a new team and, and is again more the focal point of the offense. Because he, he saw what he could do last year. It was, I mean, granted the Chargers weren't good overall, but he put, I mean, it, it's, it's just hard to put up those kind of numbers even if you're on a bad team. Yep. What about uh, Tyrell Williams or Cameron Meredith at this point? I go Cameron Meredith. <laughs> Coming off the injury, I love I love Kim and Meredith coming into this year. It's it breaks my heart that that uh you know he, he we lost him for we the Chicago Bears. I, I'm not <laughs> with the team yet until they hire me for their Let's head coach. The There's a tear going down Ryan's face. <laughs> but we yeah. lost a good man out there. We lost a good man out there. Yeah. So Trey, what do you think? What what do you think of that? I think in the the discussion with Cameron Meredith, I would take Cameron Meredith. With the, the Tyrell Williams versus Willie Sneed, um, I would be super tempted at that point to to go another direction. I don't think – neither of those guys are guys that I love. I think there's some guys um, that are uh, younger and, uh, you know, maybe have an opportunity still to splash. If I were forced to, you know, if I probably uh, would probably say Tyrell Williams. 
kind of for the same reason that Will said. I mean, Trey, we all know most of the answer with you in, in Dynasty League startups is trade down. Absolutely. This person, but, this person, trade down. <laughs> but that's a that's a point. Because you can't you go to the direction. You got to choose one or the other. Or, or you know, maybe get try and get a you know future second round pick for yeah. <laughs> you know some 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 in there you know or take my first quarterback at that point in the draft. <laughs> I'm Matt Ryan, but, curveball guys. Here we go. But why not trade down in that situation, right? If if you're on the clock there and you're, you know, it's like the 125th pick overall, you don't like anybody, or you're looking at your tiers, you got a bunch of guys grouped together. Why not trade down? I mean, what does it matter? What about Chris Godwin or one of those two? Oh, Godwin. oh Chris Godwin all day. That's a that's a no brainer. I'd probably give one of those guys and a third round pick for Chris Godwin and celebrate it. Yeah, Godwin's one of those guys that I think is a buy, at least for Trey and I. Well, I don't know what you think, but I, I mean, he's because he, he hasn't done too much this year, but he's looked good when he's played. I, I, I loved Godwin going into rookie drafts, so I, I'm a believer. I'm a believer. I like you, and it's very low risk. What are you actually risking with? I mean, I guess, again, like if you look at their last season's productions, you're giving up some good assets that could go to other places and be good assets again, but it's not the – they don't have the fun upside of a Chris Godwin. Like Chris Godwin has the metrics – uh, from the combine, he doesn't really have the college production. I feel like comparatively, but uh, he he could be huge. And he's with James. I mean, if you're just going to assume James Winston's going to get better, right? I mean, he has to get better now. Uh, you know, Chris Godwin's goodbye. Which I thought was an interesting thing that we looked up when we were chatting the other day that uh, Carson Wentz is a year older than James Winston. Yeah, well, and I think Winston this year. I mean, obviously, you you know, you guys know I was a big believer in Winston taking a big step forward this year. And um, the shoulder injury hasn't been all of it. I mean, he really did look uh, early on in the season like he wasn't, uh, you know, making those next steps. Uh, but then the shoulder injury, and, and that's, I think, kind of derailed some of his progression. I think he's going to get a new coaching staff, so we'll see. You know, it's funny while we're talking about quarterbacks, since we're just kind of bouncing around here. Yep. So, you know, I, we, we've talked about this before where I, at least for me, I'm beginning to realize that in a super flex format that, you know, securing two decent starting quarterbacks early on in the um, startup draft or, um, you know, allotting a decent portion of your budget in an auction to get two solid quarterbacks is really the way to go. And it's funny because the team that I have that has – the, of all the teams I have with the best record is a, a super flex. It's a 14 team super flex league where I actually waited on quarterback. And at the time um, after the draft, I was like, Oh man, I waited too long. And I kind of realized, man, it's a 14 team league. So quarterbacks are a little bit even more valued. And I was kind of, I kind of thought, man, I, I think I'm pretty screwed in this league because my quarterbacks were Blake Bortles and Ben Roethlisberger. Um, and so what's funny is I ended up getting Case Keenum, and I don't remember having a lot of competition for Keenum at the time, and um, added Case Keenum. So now, you know, the way Blake Bortles has been playing the last month, you know, I'm going to be in the championship game next week. I, I, it's going to be difficult uh, to decide exactly who to start of those three, but just kind of funny. That's kind of a, a little – I mean, it's a lucky, really. It's not – I'm not proposing that you, um, you know, wait. I know there's some people that'll still tell you should wait on quarterback, um, but just an interesting. 
Uh, even that Case Keenum scenario, you got him at a steal, and you're right, there wasn't a lot of competition because Sam Bradford was supposed to come back, and Sam Bradford did really well when he was the starter. Like, I don't think anybody expected that time with what was coming out in the media that he was going to be out for the year and that yeah. Case Keenum was just going to be, you know, in, in all honesty, if, if the Vikings end up getting the one seed for the playoffs, I think Keenum should be up for MVP because uh, it's insane. That, this is one of the most insane backup quarterback performances. And if they go anywhere in the play, I don't know. I, I don't necessarily remember when the MVP discussion is decided, but man, for, for coming in and doing that with, with the Vikings, like it's, it's pretty, pretty wild. And so, yeah, that's the, can you, like, I'm trying, I was trying to think just off the top of my head, uh, anybody years past that was like Case Keenum this year. So a quarterback that came into a situation from an injury and took over the starting job for the rest of the year. Was there anybody like that in 2016 off the top of your head? Last guy I gave was Jeff Hostetler. I don't even know who that is. <laughs> Sounds like a Big Bang Theory uh, character. Oh, it's Phil Sims, you know, for the Giants back in the 80s, right? Jeff Hostetler. Guy named Tom Brady. <laughs> More recent no, example. I think, uh, no, but think, no, I think, think those guys about, were like, most uh, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to just think, like, a, a, the better replacement quarterback that came in that wasn't supposed to be. Like, Tom Brady was a drafted quarterback on the team that came yeah. into it. Like, it was – it was way different than, about, than what this is. Dak Prescott. But, again, again, drafted. I'm talking about, like, yeah, he's a fourth-round pick, though. I mean, that's Yeah, a, I mean, and I think that's totally – think about where you, where you got Dak Prescott in a two-quarterback uh, startup two years ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right with, with As far as, like, value. Like, that's the kind of like, thing you got with Case Kim. You got, like, lightning in a bottle for free. Well, and that's where I think awesome. some – Yeah, I think sometimes you can have an instance like that and then just think moving forward, oh, I can wait on quarterback in a super flex league. Um, when in reality, uh, like you said, uh, st- what really Case Keenum should have been was a, you know, three, four, five week fill in. Um, and then said he's turned into, uh, you know, a starter. And I think he's earned himself. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, I would be hard pressed to believe that he's not the starter in Minnesota next year. And if he's not, then he's not going to be back, and I anticipate he'll get a starting gig somewhere. I mean, I you know, there's a lot of uh, – there's a lot of um, – I mean, geez, just look at the quarterbacks that are starting right now in the NFL on a weekly basis, and uh, you think to yourself, Case Keenum, surely in the right system could could be extremely serviceable. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I would be interested to see if the Vikings just, like, keep them and, and go from there because – uh, even with Bridgewater's recovery, it's not like Bridgewater was an absolute stud or anything like that. You know, you could at least keep them both on the roster. Maybe you can, because Bridgewater's contract would be up to the next year because they didn't do his extension. Uh, and, uh, I mean, I don't know. I think uh, all three of those quarterbacks are going to be free agents. And if you think about the money that Chicago, you know, sorry, Ryan, opening an old wound here. If you look at the money that they paid the giraffe coming out of Tampa, there, I mean, there's no reason to believe that Bridgewater, Keenum, and um, Sam Bradford on the open market, that they can afford to sign two of them. I do, there's just no way because all three of those guys are yeah. going to be able to demand starter money. And there's just with – the, with the need for quarterbacks across the league, I don't see any way possible that one of those three – or that two of those three guys end up re-signing in Minnesota. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe – Maybe Bridgewater, but I mean that all three of those guys are proven 
you know, um, at least uh, serviceable starters in the NFL. That a team like Cleveland, I think the Giants are going to be looking for another quarter. I mean, I, I just think that there's a a litany. We don't have to go through all the look, all the all the different teams, but I think it'll be tough for them to re-sign both of them. Hey, I got to mention. Going back old school, Kurt Warner. What about that? Took over for Trent Green, Greatest Show on Turf. There's, oh, there's a guy. God bless Iowa. I shopped at the Hy-Vee grocery <laughs> store where Kurt Warner bagged groceries in no Cedar way. Falls, Iowa. No way. When I was getting my teaching license there, yeah, before they closed it down, opened up a new like super high IV. Kurt Warner's from Iowa. He was born and raised in Iowa. Are we he went to, to Northern get... Iowa, and then he played for the Iowa Barnstormers. Well, despite his European American oh, football career, missed the field goal. Uh, I thought we were about to get. If only uh, they would have used a second round draft pick on a kicker. Uh, <laughs> weird. Uh, it's the holder. It's the holder. Jameis Winston having a having a night. Imagine that, Ju- uh, Julia. I almost said Julia. Julio Jones. Julio Jones. Julio Jones. Uh, Julio, Julio Jones with a uh, non-impressive performance. Now um. it is four, <laughs> what is it? Oh, you're so mean, Trey. All those so I just so watching the, there, I apologize. Who oh, that's watching just, the game though? Did Matt Ryan not have a really great performance tonight? I don't. I know not fantasy wise, but he made some real gutsy runs during this game to to, to get the win for them and really kind of put himself out there. I don't know if I've ever called one of Matt Ryan's performances gutsy before and i just you know, I, I don't know it was, it was fun to watch yeah he, he gave me just enough where i'm playing will greenwood for the league of ballers championship it's the league of ballers super bowl next week everybody Here oh we you go. just won second place i didn't even know that was a championship ah, i love it the, the guy that uh his record dwarfs mine is talking smack i love it Let, let's let bring it on and then I also See, nobody else knows the answer to that, so it does. <laughs> and then, then uh, we have another Fantasy Joe's Championship in the Revolution League where I'm playing Goliath, which is Trey's team, uh, <laughs> with the, the Dagobah Swamp Force. But I've beat Goliath twice this year, so it'll be interesting. We'll see what happens. It's yeah, really hard to beat a team one. three times. That's it right. Is it is hard. I took the words right out of my mouth. Playing with house money, so it'll be fun. So, uh, took the words. So anyway, guys, we're we're kind of going off the rails here. Um, no one cares about our leagues. Uh, do we want to get into hot, bold, spicy takes, or we have any other other thoughts before? Yeah, we one do- more quick thing. We're going to take just two minutes for this. I want you guys Super Bowl predictions. I want to hear who you have in the big game. Playoff playoffs are pretty much set. There's a few spots still up for grabs in the AFC, but what? Uh, who you got? Will, you want to start us off? You look excited to share your answers. Well, mostly just because it's uh, – <laughs> I bet you guys can guess who my NSV team is. Oh, boy. It's going to be the Vikings playing at home in the Super Bowl. And everybody in Minneapolis rented out their apartments and houses and condos and whatever for the Super Bowl on Airbnb to, like, just rake in the cash. Like, people were renting out their houses for, like, ten grand for the week. I'm not kidding. And so the most Vikings thing that the Vikings could do – and growing up as an Iowa fan in the pseudo kind of makes me get here now, but the most sports thing that they could do would be to get to the Super Bowl. So all those people cannot stay in their own houses while the Vikings are crushing the Super Bowl uh, in their hometown. Uh, for for the AFC, give me the Jags. Oof. 
That is a that is an interesting combo. That's an interesting pick. I think the NFL would uh, be uh, pretty bummed about that Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Vikings Vikings Jags is not going to be a uh, marquee matchup. What do you think, Ryan? Who you got? All right, NFC. First of all, who dat? Who dat? Who dat uh, say they're going to meet them Saints? Because I'm going with the best QBs, so I'm going to go with the Saints, and I'm going with the Patriots. I think at the end of the day in the playoffs, it comes down to quarterback play. I know Drew Brees maybe is 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 just not quite as as elite as he's been, but I think he'll he'll pull it out in the playoffs with that running game that they have, and then um then the the new the Patriots until until I, I see otherwise, I don't think he can beat them in the AFC. I've got to go with the Pats. I like right. it. Well, <clears throat> I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the Pats. I mean, I, I just don't think you can pick against uh, Bill Belichick. And uh, but, and I was tempted. The Saints. I feel like um, I, I was very tempted to pick the Saints, but I'm actually gonna go with the LA Rams. And I actually am gonna go out on a limb and say the LA Rams are gonna win the Super Bowl. Wow! I, you heard it, right I, first, everybody. I think that not you know the offense is getting all the attention there, and I think what people are forgetting, and you saw it this past week, they went into Seattle and they shut down what has been a pretty prolific offense. And I think that a guy by the name of Aaron Donald on that defensive line does not get the credit. The MVP. offense has been getting all the headlines, MVP. and I think that that offense with with Sean McVay and the creative ways in which he is calling plays and, and keeping the chains moving, the explosiveness of Todd Gurley, and a, a defense. I mean, man, I oh. think that Todd Gurley has to be the NFL MVP this year. All I'm going to say is, do you remember how many touchdowns the Rams scored against the Vikings? I'm not sure it matters. It was one. It was on their opening drive. <laughs> Not that it really I, – I, I, honestly, if the Rams won it, I'd be pretty stoked. I love the upstart Rams team. It's hard to – I. how can you hate them? If you hate the Rams and you're like a different team's fan uh, and, and not in their division, there, there's something like wrong with you. You just don't like the funness of football anymore. <laughs> Maybe you need to figure out yeah. uh, how, how to enjoy it again. So I'm I, probably, I like that. I, I'm I trying to pull up the – yeah, I'm trying to pull up the Vegas odds and see who – so, uh, okay, yeah. So, Patriots, Steelers, Vikings. Still has the Eagles as the fourth team. That's probably going to have to change. Followed by the uh, Saints and the Rams. So, yeah, be interesting. I think the NFC playoffs are going to be a lot of fun. And, um, I mean, it's it's wide open. And I think, you know, the AFC is too. You know, I mean, you never know because the Patriots are the team that they've been the past couple of years, in my humble opinion. Pittsburgh could still pull it out. And yeah, the uh, Jacksonville—they're—they're they're a fun team with that defense. Oh, you never know. The playoffs are going to be so great. I can't. Their wait. defense is just—I mean, I—it's I, funny because the—they have the ugliest uniforms, but the best defense. It's, it's just—it's just so weird. Oh, <laughs> uh, the, the, only there's a correlation between uniforms and. Uh, the- <laughs> we'll have the conversation about whether or not uh, style affects my fantasy picks or not, and I'll give you guys a hint: it does. It does. I still love Leonard Fournette, so he he you know goes over the hump of the half black, half gold, front to back Jaguars uniforms. Also, like if Jacksonville makes the Super Bowl, they have to be sad because you know nobody's leaving Jacksonville to go to that game. I, I think we should get into hot, bold, spicy takes, gentlemen. What do you think? 
Let's do it. All right. It's time for everyone's favorite segment, Hot Bold Spicy Takes of the Week. We've got five levels. We've got banana pepper. We've got jalapeno, habanero, ghost pepper, and the almighty Carolina Reaper. Um, this, is, this is big time because this is uh, hot takes for Super, Fantasy Super Bowl uh, week, week 16. Um, I still have a commanding lead, but it's possible with a couple of uh, Carolina Reapers that I could be caught. I got 19 points. Will has 10 points, and Trey has 8 points. So really, with a couple of, of great hot bold spicy takes, anyone can uh, make this thing uh, interesting. So uh, let's lead off with uh, who, wants to, who wants to go? Who wants to go? Come on. Uh, Trey, are you, are you interested in going leading off, leading this off? Yeah, sure. I will go. So this is totally, completely 100% a homer call. But there would be nothing that would make me happier than to celebrate a uh, bold, hot, spicy take being correct as it carries me to multiple (laughs) fantasy championships. And that is uh, DeAndre Hopkins and Keenan Allen both putting up top six wide receiver weeks. Top six, both. Keenan Allen. DeAndre Hopkins. Let me tell you three of the top six wide receivers in week 15. You've got, these are the last names. Uh, Cole, Mickens, and King, okay? Those three guys. So I think the fact that you're calling your shot with two of these guys in the top six, I know they're elite wide receivers, and it's very possible that they do it. But with the, with the NFL the way it is, with um, the p- potential of a couple of Jacksonville wide receivers you've never heard of or barely heard of, being top five candidates, I gotta, I gotta go Carolina Reaper Trey. I think it's a great way to start off. But Will may disagree. Will Greenwood, what, what, what say you? I got something to say about this. I think this is a hot going in, hot coming out Carolina Reaper take. <laughs> I, I don't think uh, anyone could have said it any better. So, so Trey, I think, <laughs> I think you got yourself a Carolina Reaper to lead off. That's that's the way to get back in it, man. Are, are right. we doing? Are we doing week seventeen takes? By the way, is this the last? Absolutely. Oh okay, yeah. So I mean, it's still it's, it's not fantasy relevant, but this yeah. is this is an internal competition. All right. That I'm sure the fans are waiting in the edge of the seats to hear. Right. I say I say we keep the uh, hot takes going through the playoffs. Playoffs. I mean, I think that'd be I think that'd be great. I think there'd be some opportunities, even though there may it may not be related specifically to someone's fantasy matchups. I think it'd be awesome to have takes about who wins a playoff game or who outperforms who? I think that'd be awesome. So does the winner of the regular season go into it? Have All right, we got to decide this. We got to decide this later. Wild card week. And no, we just on. keep it going. It's wild card week. No, we just keep going. All right, fine. Well, let's do. We it. could do a playoff reset if you guys want. We could even no, pick I, the games. We could I think we should do a playoff reset. Yeah. <laughs> we could do a playoff it's reset. It's about time. After I come back to win the regular season. All right. Well, that's that's a good way to come back, man. Don't know. I think Trey. I think Trey like statistically, you have to get four Carolina Reapers. Right. Anyway, okay. We should move on. All right. So, or or we may need to start new. Go ahead, Trey. Or well, I think you're ready. You're ready to go. So what what do you what do you got? What, what, All right. Uh, I'm going. This is a fun one. I think. Uh, and I'm. I don't know. I feel like both of mine are very very spicy on the spiciness scale, but I, I'm going to choose the one I think is slightly less spicy. Uh, the, the Titans uh, have the Rams coming to town, coming to their hometown, 
uh, which I got the home away wrong earlier this year, but I'm pretty sure this is correct. Uh, will play well. And they're going to upset the Rams. Uh, pairing that with an RB1 performance from Magic Man, DeMarco Murray. He's the Magic Man. Now you see me, now you don't. But this time, you're going to see him. It's going to be an RB1. We haven't seen DeMarco Murray for several weeks. Are you sure he's still alive? He exists. The idea of DeMarco Murray is, is the – the uh, uh, late round podcast will say the idea of Marco Murray. I'm in love with this week. <laughs> oh, I love that. Uh, okay, so you, you got the the Titans uh, pulling the upset at home um, against the Rams and uh, Demarco Murray being a number one. Uh, that's pretty darn hot. I mean, man, definitely. I think ghost, point dogs. De- definitely Ghost Pepper, Carolina Reaper. No, I think they're only. Um, only seven point dogs, but still pretty good. Trey, what do you think? I- I'm kind of like Ghost Pepper, Carolina Reaper. I can go either way. Yeah, I think that um, I think that Ghost Pepper is probably pretty legitimate. I think that um, if the this is the deal, if they're going to win this game, it's going to be on the back of Demarco Murray. I think this is going to be a both and or a neither. No, like I don't see a world in which the Titans win this game. If DeMarco Murray doesn't have a top 12 kind of performance, they're going to need that to keep the Rams offense off the field. Um, you know, control the the game clock a little bit. I don't think that Mariota on his own is going to be, I think the hotter of these two takes honestly is that um, they upset that the Titans win. You could catch the Rams on a little bit of a hangover after the big divisional road win last week against um, Seattle, but as previously mentioned, I, I think the Rams are just playing excellent football right now. So, All right, so All you right. want to go Ghost, Ghost Pepper? Pepper is. Ghost Pepper? Yes. All right, so this is – I'll go with the, the milder of mine. I, I'm probably going to be less than, than either one of these. But um, I, I'm going uh, Devin Funches, a uh, top 12 wide receiver this week. Um, and, and, and I know he laid an egg this past week. He was, he was awful and Greg Olson was the man, but I think that that was a little bit of, um, you know, the green Bay Packer defense. And there was that blown coverage that led to the Olson touchdown. So I think that Devin Funches gets back to his, um, you know, viable fantasy days for championships all over the place against, uh, Tampa Bay, a, a defense that I will add shut down Julio Jones tonight. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you think of Devin Funches as a uh, wide receiver one, guys? I think no. that, yeah. It's, I mean, <clears throat> I don't um, have in front of me Devin Funches' performance recently or, you know, how he's been performing down the stretch. But, you know, Cam Newton kind of rounding into form. And as we talked about, it, this may have been off of the air. But, uh, I mean, Tampa Bay is the – worst team in the NFL fantasy wise against wide receivers. So, I mean, I think Demir bird caught two touchdown um, passes this past week. So I think a world where Devin Funches is a top 12 wide receiver is not really stepping out there. This would pro I mean, I don't know. Well, what do you, <laughs> I mean, honestly, I mean, the, so Devin Funches going into this week, and it's week 15 on fantasy pros was the consensus number nine wide receiver. 
uh, against Green Bay's second game. Yeah, he, w- he was one for 19 this week. That's right. He did great. I mean, but you're talking about you're talking about guessing the variance. Uh, I could go as hot as habanero, but that'd be the the highest. If if it was jalapeno, I'd sleep just fine. Yeah, I think I think for me it's got to be jalapeno. I mean, um, I was actually going back and forth between banana pepper and jalapeno. I don't know, and I mean Ryan, you can other than having this bad week, um, just this last game. Is there a reason that you think that this is spicier? Give you a chance to, you know. Well, yeah, I thought it was, it was not not that I thought it was like super spicy. I was kind of thinking it was uh, habanero because of Greg Golson coming back and and Christian McCaffrey being more of a part of that, that Panther um, um, offense. The other thing with the, with the Panthers too, is they're very hot and cold on offense. You know, you don't know what Cam Newton you're going to get this year. You could get the guy that's, um, you know, uh, a top five QB, or you could get a guy that just his shoulders bothering him and he plays horrible. Um, so, yeah. So I just think that um, the fact that Funches laid an egg and I think the fact that you don't know what you're going to get with Carolina. Um, yeah. I think it's, it's somewhat bold. I mean, we're talking, you know, a wide receiver one. I mean, he's, you know, he's, he's been good at times this year, but you know, it's not like he's had too many. I think he's had maybe a couple of weeks where he was wide receiver one. He's had a couple of weeks where he scored a couple of touchdowns, but. It's already written in the show sheet. It's jalapeno now, it seems. Well, it seems like that's the way you guys were going to go. So I think uh, is that – Yeah, I think, I think that – yeah, I think that. I think that's fair. All right. Well, hopefully you guys will like my next one better. But uh, in the meantime, Trey – I think we're ready for round two, and I'm going to kick us off with my second hot, bold, spicy tag of the night. And I'm going – I think that this is spicier. I, the la- my, my last take got uh, some some spice, but – I am going to take Jimmy Garoppolo going up against the number one pass defense in the NFL this week, the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm going to pick Jimmy G to finish as a quarterback one, top 12 quarterback. Get out of the city. Come on. How many top 12 quarterbacks has Jacksonville allowed this year? How many? So I thought about this because I was thinking about taking Jimmy G as a top 12 QB against Jacksonville. I was kind of in the same realm. Uh, think about it as the hot take, because uh, the if if you take I was just gonna say that he's gonna be the second best scoring quarterback. So, but but top twelve. Let's look at other matchups, not just look, look at theirs. Uh, I think I mean I think I would go Ghost Pepper here, just just for the sake of I think that it, you know he could throw a couple touchdowns and be a top twelve quarterback. Wow. Okay. Um... Let's see the the best performance that that uh, Jacksonville has given up to a QB looks like it was um, to Blaine Gabbert of all of all quarterbacks. Trey, uh, two hundred forty one yards, two touchdowns. Also gave up two thirty five and two to the um, oh to Philip Rivers. So uh, I think it's I think it's pretty hot. I, I think it's I, I would I would advocate for Carolina Reaper. But if you want to go Ghost Pepper, well, I'll defer to you. Yeah, fine, Carolina Reaper. Um, no, I mean, basically there are two performances. I'm not even sure those guys were, um, you know, QB ones that week. It's not, I mean, the best they've done, you know, 241 yards and two touchdowns. That's, that's not, Oh, Oh wait, no, no. Excuse me. Point of order. Russell Wilson, a two seventy one and three touchdowns. I, I, I missed that when I was looking at this. Yeah. It was mostly in a comeback kind of like garbage mode type, but it still happened. That's the fantasy things. I feel like, uh, so we're in, has Jacksonville locked up a playoff spot, right? 
they're about to yeah, like but, the division. But they're fighting for uh, you know, uh, for a high. I mean, they're 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 in it to 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 try to improve their standing in the playoffs. Yeah, I was kind of thinking. I was actually kind of thinking this is a an upset alert for the the Niners to beat the Jags too. But uh, I think it's still a spicy take, and, and I'll go. I, I'm I'm fine with Carolina Reaper. That's super spicy, and <clears throat> there's really no reason to why this should happen. You can't rationalize any way that that you and Jimmy Garoppolo will be a top twelve QB against the Jags. Except so. he's the goat. <laughs> if he if he does it against them, maybe he is the goat. We'll we'll see. For whatever it's worth, as uh, he has a really nice butt. So top twelve QB this week. <laughs> okay. Wow. Okay. Oh, cool. Watch it next time. Nope. Next time you're watching the game, you go ahead and you take, you take a glance down at that dunk dunk that he's rocking, and you, as, then you make your own opinion. All right, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So is Trey or, or is Will? Are you gonna go? You wanna go last, or you mean to go? I, I was gonna go to. Uh, uh, let, let's let's go. Let's go to Will for his last bolt, hot bolt choice. <laughs> so my next one is, uh, who the, has the second best ass in the NFL. That's what no one wants to know. <laughs> I didn't say the best one. It just was like, he's just a curvy man. He's got a better butt than Tom Brady does for sure. Uh, anyway, Texans, somebody go, I'm going to go. So this is going to be the disappointment game of the week. I, I'm going to think Texans beat the Steelers. So the Steelers are going to the Texans and Lamar Miller is going to finish this in RB one top 12. Oh my God. This was the game where Texans are ten point dogs. Okay, uh, pr- pretty easy for me. Uh, Tarantulas, you want to go first? Can I just can I just give it the Carolina Carolina Reaper? Yeah, I like that. I don't, I don't think Lamar Miller um, ends up as a running back one, um, and I certainly don't think that the Steelers, having just lost to the Patriots at home, are going to go into Houston and lose. I do so- think that Houston could give them a little bit of a game. But I also think that uh, the Pittsburgh defense could uh, score more points than the Houston offense. Yeah, for sure. Especially with Yates, you know, suiting up. I, I guess he's going to be the starting quarterback. Maybe it's um, – you think he's – Bringing Kaepernick for a week. Kidding. Oh. So, locked and loaded, the Carolina <laughs> Reaper? Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I like – I just like the chance because uh, Antonio Brown isn't playing and – the, it's just like this has every NFL script in it. I feel like that is going to be the letdown game of the week. And is that is that? Um, Remember and, they lost to the Bears at the Bears. Yeah, yeah. So that well, that's the other thing too, because that that game is um, it, it's it's in in uh, in Houston. Yes. yes, I mean with DeAndre Hopkins being a top six wide receiver, anything's possible. Yeah. No. So I'm, I'm going to hopefully uh, – it's probably not going to be hard to take because I'm not going to, you know, tie it with any uh, player um, performance. But here's my finale, guys. The Cleveland Browns finally get a victory, and they beat the mighty Chicago Bears at Soldier Field. Um, and, and it, by the way, tickets are – great tickets still available. If you want to go to <laughs> Christmas Eve, I think it's going to be like 20 degrees. So if you're interested, check it out. <laughs> so – I mean, obviously the Bears aren't that great, um, but not, nor is Cleveland. So I, I think it's somewhat of a hot take. <laughs> not that great. It's been the best thing that's been said about the Bears all year and Cleveland. Trying dropping serious knowledge on the pod tonight. Hey, guys, if you didn't know, neither the, neither the Bears or the Browns have great records this year. 
They don't call me Rotolai brand for nothing, guys. Um, Done the research. <laughs> you know, so I don't know what you guys think. Maybe this is me just with the disgruntled Bears fan thinking, okay, they're just going to lose to Cleveland and it's going to be so embarrassing. But that's my – maybe it's not so hot, but what do you guys want to give me for that one? What's the I mean, line on the seven, game? The, the Bears are seven-point favorites at home. I, I'd be willing to go Habanero just because I feel like the Bears have played really well at home and I don't think Cleveland wins this game. But I feel like any line game, like to give it more than habanero to me is really tough. So that's I, I feel like that's a really good and fair rating. Yeah, I, I think that's generous. I probably wouldn't have gone that spicy, but I'm okay doing – I know uh, – I'm, I'm, Bears, beets, browns, but habanero. Because browns are going to brown. Yeah, I actually feel pretty strongly about this one, um, unfortunately. And this is probably me, just like my, my fandom is coming into to the equation. Um, but I just think the Bears, just that with, their, with, with Loggins as offensive coordinator, I just can see them stalling against Cleveland. And, and you know, Josh Gordon making enough plays against them to, to pull out the victory. I, hope, I really hope I'm mistaken on this one. But I think, I think Cleveland's going to get their first victory. They're going to be motivated to win, too, because they, they've got zero so far. So and it, it brings me to a topic that I wanted to breach earlier because we're going to habanero here, right? We go okay with that? Yeah, we're locked in habanero. All right, where so right now, dynasty startup, where are you taking Josh Gordon? I'm probably not, I'm just not. He, he's gonna go before I'd be willing to take him because honestly, I feel like by the time that this next season starts, if he doesn't get in any more trouble, he's gonna end up being in like the early third round. So Guys like Thielen, Landry are all right around there, and I'd rather have those guys. Yeah, Trey stole my thunder. I, I'm He's going to be gone before I would pick him. So it's it's just not relevant in the startup for me. Uh, just too I, much risk. Yeah, that, I feel the same way. I just The guys like that, I know tremendous potential, but, you know, all it takes is, is one slip up, and, and, you know, you have a worthless asset in your hands. Um, that's how I feel. What, what about you, Will? What do you, what do you think of Josh Gordon? Uh, I, I, I don't know. I'd have a really hard time not risking it if I had late third round, early fourth. Just uh, and it, it might be just the I mean, it might be like the I mean the, the like sap in me or the like the you know the sad sap. Uh, watching his documentary and how well spoken Josh Gordon is and how he's come back and what he's doing. Um, I, I I don't know. Maybe it just like shocked me of how well spoken of an athlete he is and what he's talked about, what he's been through. And what he's done in the past. So you're talking about like late third, early, maybe early fourth. Maybe if I had like the four or five turn, he was there. He, he probably won't be there. Yeah, but no uh, if it's, I don't know, like maybe like like let's say, uh, let's let's say like the four oh two, I'd take Josh Gordon. No, fair enough. Fair enough. Um... Then there's and, I might some- reach, and I might reach if, if, if I'm feeling in the mood for, for, for some Josh Gordon because his ceiling is just so much higher than what anything else you're getting at that range, right? Uh, I don't know. We'd have to look at it, I guess, right? So 402, what would that be? Pick, uh, like, we're talking 12-team league, right? So yeah. Talking, like, pick 38. I mean, you've got guys like Alshon Jeffrey there, Derek Henry, Zach Ertz, Dez, Carlos Hyde. So, yeah, no, no, it depends. I think I'd rather have Derek Henry personally. That's just me. Yeah, I think I'd take Josh Gordon there. But, I mean, it's just opinion at this point. Assuming, I mean, when I DeMarco he, Murray established himself as the RB1 again this week. Uh, 
I think if I own Josh Gordon and I don't anywhere and he had one more big game the rest of this year, like a 60 or 80 yard receiving and a touchdown or a two touchdown game or something, I would probably use that as an opportunity to cash out on him and uh, grab a guy like Landry. I mean, if I could swap uh, Josh Gordon for Jarvis Landry or Adam Thielen, I would be ecstatic because you are minimizing your risk then. Sure, you don't, you don't have that upside, but um, I think that uh, it's just going to be really tough for him to stay that highly valued. I think you're banking on the hope that he produces at a really high level. Yeah, I think we're in agreement. I have nothing to, to add, Trey. I think you're spot on cash out. And obviously, you know, it's, I think, I think it's just like, you get to like, look at your cash me outside. And I think you're, you're better off just cashing out there and getting what you can. And is there a chance that backfires on you? Sure. I guess, but I, I, I think you're just much better off. You're just much better off. Um, all right, guys. Any anything else we want to add before we we get out of here? Uh, the last thing I want to say is is I saw some recent posts on like Facebook and things like that of, of buddies of mine that they lost in their fantasy semifinals or they lost in the, the week prior. They're like, oh, this this and this happened, or this this and this. They seem really angry at fantasy football. And the number thing I want to say is don't forget why you play fantasy football. We do this for fun. I get that there's money involved and you need to invest in it. But at the end of the day, this is an entertainment value piece for all of us. And enjoy what you're doing and enjoy why you're doing it. When I joke about this is the most fantasy football thing that can happen, that's because the amount of variances in fantasy football is pretty is pretty crazy. So at the end of the day, when, win or lose, when you're coming to the semifinals, celebrate your wins, but don't get too mad at your losses. Don't let it haunt you. It doesn't really matter at the end of the day and in your life. It's supposed to be fun. And if you don't enjoy it and you can't handle the losing, maybe it's time for you to quit fantasy football. Here, here, uh, Cole Shepard and Mickens, they were not, uh, that's not a law firm. That's like the top three wide receivers in fantasy week 15. How many of us predicted that? Very, very few. So yeah, let's have fun. And uh, also this is a friendly reminder. You lost this year. You want to win. Listen to us all off season because we're not going to stop. There is no off season in dynasty football. Let's keep going. No and- days off. No, no days, days off. off. No days off. Okay. No days off. <laughs> so with that, thanks again for listening to another episode of The Fantasy Joes. You can contact us directly at thefantasyjoes at gmail.com or at FFJoes on Twitter. Your feedback is always welcome. Let us know how we're doing and what you want from us. We come at you weekly, uh, Hope usually by Fridays with new episodes, but um, you, know, you want to be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And leave us a review but only if it's a positive one. You can find us on Twitter. Trey is at Trey Barrett. Will is at FantasyJoe underscore Will. And I am at Librarian. On behalf of Trey Barrett and Will Greenwood, I'm Ryan Livergood, and we are the Fantasy Joes. Fantasy Joe. Fantasy Joe. Fantasy Joe's. Super Bowl fantasy playoffs. 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 Going for a championship. Gonna take my new ring for a spin. Fantasy playoffs. Championship Super Bowl. Let's go. Vikings are gonna win at home. It's gonna be real (laughs) weird for everybody.
Uh, wait for the CD, everybody. It's coming uh, coming this summer. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> I, I, I'm worried that we hit record on your tape player. <laughs> <laughs>